Good morning. We are in Genesis 8 today. We are in the second half of Genesis 8, and we just had a conversation because um, if you're following along in your homework, uh, in the Insights homework, yesterday's reading was supposed to be 1 through 15, but we are going to do verse 15 today. So it's going to be 15 through 22 instead of 16 through 22 if you're following along in the homework. Um, And that's because verse 15 is a weird verse. Mm-hmm. It's like its own little standalone. Then God said to Noah, and then I said, it's a really weird verse. I don't know why it's like that. But then it occurred to me, like when God says something specifically to a person, like that's a big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Like if, yeah. if someone, if, if it were my story and it was like, then God said to Suzanne, well, guess what? You better hitch up your britches and start listening because yeah. this is a deal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I thought with this as well? Um, God's still in communication with people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think this is just like when I hear from God, it's kind of like a knowing in my mind or maybe a word or maybe a word picture. I think, I mean, God is still right there talking to Noah, mm-hmm. told him all about what was going to happen. And um I don't know. It kind of surprised me because I had never noticed that before. I never thought of it as a still in-person relationship. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I think we think of Noah and his family being isolated in that boat, but I can't imagine that God would not have been communicating with Noah all along. I mean. Sure. Communicating with Noah, but his wife and sons and their wives. They don't didn't have that anointing that. necessarily. Yeah. 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 I do think for those first 40 days, he did not because it very clearly says, but God, re- but then God remembered Noah. Ah. Mm, okay. So point. I think for those first 40 days, like they're in the boat and they're living their not best life. And I don't think God's with them. Yeah, well, I think that's a good point. That may, be, that may be true because, you know, even when Jesus hung on the cross, he, he felt that separation because of sin. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the ark is a type of, of um, Savior, if you will, of Jesus, that they go into the ark to be saved, just like we come into Jesus to be saved. Um, but... Yeah, that was some separation from sin. When they came into that ark, it was to separate them from the world. Interesting. That's something to find out when we get to heaven. When you Mm -hmm. think about that, too, like what an act of faith, not just on Noah's part, but on the people who weren't hearing from God. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can imagine me going there like, okay, so this is not good. You know, and I have a husband there sitting there saying, but God said this and this is it. You know, and so it's like this back and forth. Mm-hmm. Do I believe is my husband really not? Well, crazy? He lost his mind. <laughs> I know, but the other like part everyone's of this saying, is, 
Yeah. Except, you know what? I'm in an arc and I'm alive right now. So I know that much. You know, like that's when I start depending on myself instead of this, this huge act. Okay. Here's the other thought. Where are you going to go? That's one other piece. (laughs) Uh huh. I mean, you know, you can't get off the cruise ship here, you know? Nobody's storming out. Right. No, no port. But still, oh, the sleep with the elephants. Yeah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, um, what an act of faith, certainly for Noah as the leader, but I think for all of the people on that ark. I think Mrs. Noah was a brave woman. Yes, yes. And then think about the daughters-in-law, because right. this isn't even their dad. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, this uh-huh. is, mm, what did I marry into? <laughs> Does your dad always build boats? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, but I feel then, like we should have discussed this premaritally. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't time. It was starting to rain. <laughs> right. We'll talk about it when we get on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's work on getting off the boat. So, Terry, why don't you read for us for today? All righty. Then Noah said to, nope, let's start that over. (laughs) Start again. (laughs) (laughs) Then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his son's wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land, came out of the ark one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, night and day will never cease. Wow. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think... um, Verse 21 ties into what we were talking about, um, about God speaking to Noah and having that conversational, like person to person relationship, because verse 21 says, God smells the, smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart. So Mm -hmm. this is not like an audible. There's a distinction between like what the Lord is, excuse me, saying audibly versus Mm -hmm. what the Lord is saying to himself. Yeah. So and how do we I, know that then? Well, I am not a biblical scholar. Please make right. that very clear. But um, I just think the distinction between him saying and said in his heart versus then God said to Noah. I think that's a really important point. I agree. I, the, the other thing is like um, even I can't remember what we were just on, but the anthropomorphic, the um, it was like Hebraic, it's, it's when I was looking these phrases up, cause you're right. It's kind of a weird thing. God said in his heart. So then how do I know what God said in his heart? Mm-hmm. Unless God told me what he said in his heart, at which point he would have been conveying this story. Right. But the anthropomorphic thing is so that we can understand. Um, if God can handle all of this, um, 
But how do we understand it? How can we understand that it was a pleasing aroma to God, that he was really um, moved by this? That's uh, The anthropomorphic things are ways for us to understand um, the feelings that are associated with it. We can't know what God is thinking unless he tells us. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are some other places where he tells us what what's been said in his heart, what he's determined in his heart, because the Holy Spirit is writing these words through whoever he chooses to use, whether it was Moses or Noah or, you know, Paul, doesn't matter. It's still the Holy Spirit who's speaking. Um, And so he would know what God said in his heart. Mm hmm. And in chapter 9, God does speak it out to Noah. But yeah, for now, I think you're right, Angie. The Holy Spirit speaking through, they say Moses wrote this, right? Yeah. Right. So. What does it, I guess the part that I'm trying to say is like, we were just talking offline. We're just talking about my my kids. I'm going to get to be with my kids, my grandkids. We'll take any moment of that. We know that feeling. It's just sometimes hard to express that feeling, mm-hmm. right? And I think yeah. this is just a literary way of helping us get that feeling as we're engaging in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because how often do we think something in our hearts? I think it does. You're right, Rosemary. It helps us connect with God there. Um, we can identify with that. You know, that I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. In my heart, I, I feel this or that. Um, I, I think that helps us in our intimacy with God to know that he has those same kind of heart feelings that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Talking about feelings yesterday, we talked a little bit about um, how we would feel if we were coming off the boat, mm-hmm. exiting the ark. Let's circle back to that. What do you think? I think Terry pretty much hit the nail on the head. It it would be mixed feelings. Certainly relief. We made it. It's, you know, it's over. Um, But also probably a lot of um, some grief for the people that didn't make it. Um, People that we had, that you might have had a relationship with, other family members. Um, And then maybe some, just sort of some awestruck stuff of, what happened to the earth? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the magnitude of, of, of that flood had to hit them square in the face when they stepped off that boat. Um, <clears throat> that everything that they had known prior to that was gone. So I've like never... Terry said too, some jubilation, excitement too. Oh, we got mm-hmm. a new clean earth. But, you know. That's, yeah. Have you ever been anywhere where there's been a natural disaster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you, if you step into that, it's a hot mess, right? I mean, and it's a visceral reaction that you have. You, you see that and, and all you want to, you want to throw up, you want to cry, you want to, you, you just, you can hardly do anything. You're just stupefied. Mm-hmm. When you first encounter that. But then the beauty Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Suzanne. Your question. I was just going to say the beauty as you move through it is, and once you process through all of that, is the fact that this is a new start. So one, what have we learned? 
you know, if it's an earthquake, then we learned that we need to take precautions in how to strap the water heaters. We know that we need to um, use certain types of materials to reinforce things. Like if it's a flood, you know that you need to maybe not be below sea level. Um, you know, <laughs> or if you're right on the coast, you need to be on stilts. You know, there are things that we learn and things that we can carry with us to help create that new start and help it to be healthy and move as we move forward. Um, so there's, as once we can get through that visceral, like tragic reaction, um, there's a lot of beauty on the other side of it. I was going to say, when we were out west at Yellowstone, it had only been a couple years since they'd had a devastating fire that went through. Um, <clears throat> and so we're driving in, you know, and there's supposed to be forests on both sides, right up to the road and everything. But as far as we could see, it was devastation. It was blackened. It was, you know, little blackened sticks of trees sticking up, you know, a few feet from the ground where everything had been um, burnt down and destroyed. But it had been a couple of years. So you see this devastation that took place. But down along the ground, are all these beautiful green little um, seedlings and saplings, little things that are coming up, and it's so rich and, and pretty. Um, but at first sight, that devastation, like Greg, it like almost ruined his trip because it was one of the first things that we saw, and it was, it was like just overwhelming to him how much it was destroyed. But uh, thankfully, it was... Uh, an act of nature. So it wasn't anything that was man-made. So in my heart, I could deal with it because it was a natural thing that happened. If it had been arson, I would have really been upset, but. Yeah. I can't, I can't help but correlate this to COVID. As we come out of COVID, how do we move differently? Um, how are you know, what have we learned? All the things you guys were saying. And there is a lot of beauty in what some people have done. And then there's massive devastation. Mm -hmm. And just the, the part of it is we can choose to depend on ourselves. We can choose to walk our own way. Or we can turn to God and just continue to listen to him through this. But I, I know there's like devastation. People know people who've died. Mm -hmm. Right? And this country's mm -hmm. changed. We've changed. And so just acknowledging that grief, acknowledging those losses, but then continue to look to God. Let him continue to tell you the rest of the story. Because mm -hmm. there's a rest of the story here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we know that Noah recognizes that there's more to the story. We know that Noah sees the goodness in this because in, in verse 20, he builds an altar. Um, yeah. And then he takes some of those clean animals and birds, which the reality of it is they were, there were precious few at this yeah. point. Mm -hmm. So that makes it even a greater sacrifice because he is supposed to go out and they are supposed to multiply on the earth, be fruitful and increase in number. But he immediately is taking those animals and sacrificing. So that's just another way that he shows that he trusts. He's like, okay, God, here are these clean animals. There aren't a lot of them, but I'm going to sacrifice these to you because these belong to you. And this is how I'm showing you that I trust you. Mm 
and I'm yeah. thankful mm-hmm. and I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. We know there that he sees. Mm-hmm. I think that's a hard one maybe for, for us in this generation, in this time and in our culture. Um, a sacrifice has to cost you something, right? There ha- that's what faith is all about is um, believing something that you just can't see. So what Noah can see are the number of birds he's got in front of him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now God has, you know, Noah knows that God's going to help everything multiply and replenish the earth, but that's a pretty big step of faith. Like you said, Suzanne, to take those limited number of birds and to make that sacrifice, um, it's costing Noah a little something. You know, he does have to have faith, but who knows? I mean, our faith wavers sometimes. Sometimes I have faith for one thing and not faith for another. To take something that that I know I have a limited supply of, and just to say, here it is, um, it, it, that's a big step. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet Noah doesn't, doesn't hesitate. That's like the first thing he does when he gets off that boat is he builds an altar to recognize that God has protected them and brought them through and that he really is their provider. Um, and to show mm-hmm. that, he takes those birds and he sacrifices them. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty beautiful picture. I know. I'm sorry. I know we're running short on time, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the covenant that God does make. Excuse me. And um, I looked up some stuff. One of the questions was, what did God promise? And so, you know, the promise to not destroy the earth again um, by water, by flood, whatever. There are different kinds of um, promises and covenants that God makes. This kind is called a royal grant. It's where God makes a promise to us, requires nothing from us. This is just his promise to us. And so Noah uh, and and his family, and then by that, the rest of the world, uh, receives this royal grant from God that this will never happen again. And it has Noah can't do anything for it to deserve it or anything. Uh, God makes a, a royal grant, one of them, with Abraham when he grants them the land that has nothing to do with their, he just promises it. And David always have uh, um, someone from the family, David's line, on the throne of Israel. And then Jesus is our our royal grant that we yeah. have we don't have anything to do with it. He promises Jesus to us and it's just from him to us. And, um, you know, all these things we have to accept it and live in it, but those are just to us from God. So I thought that would be cool. It's pretty awesome because God has already said, I'll never curse the ground again because of the human race, even though, Everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I mean, God has recognized that we have a bent toward evil. And so he, he knows we're not dependable. <laughs> so he does that. I love that about the Royal Grant, Terry. I think that's yeah. awesome because, yeah, he, he looks over our inability to, to ever be made right with him in our own strength and in our own ways. And so he makes the way. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so 
Um, and I'm sure we'll probably keep talking about this because this is still a part of the story of Noah. But the thing we want to be very clear of is the wicked people were erased from the earth. But sin was not. Mm -hmm. Sin can mm -hmm. reside within every human being that was in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's heavy. That's right. a heavy way to land on it. Bang. <laughs> well, I could lighten it up a little bit. Did you guys ever see the movie A Home? No. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the animated the alien movie? Yes. Yeah. The boobs. And one of the things that the, um, the little guy gets locked into a, a cooler by a little girl, the alien gets locked inside a cooler. And he's, he's knocking on the door and he says, can I come into the out now? Can I come into the out? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> so I imagine Noah knocking on the door. Can we come into the out now? <laughs> These elephants are getting pretty smelly. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, then it was him going, nope, that was me. Go ahead. <laughs> Why they named him Ham. Um, yeah. Carrie, would you like to pray for us today before we go really far downhill? <laughs> Uh, Lord, we're just so thankful to meet together today to talk about your word, to talk about you, to talk about the way you um, are so kind to us, that your grace and your mercy um, that you show us all the time. And um, we're just so thankful to that. We're thankful for the royal grants that you have given us, Lord, to Noah um, and then through Noah to us, that you'll never destroy the earth that way again. And the royal grant of Jesus that comes and um, you've just given him to us for our salvation, that we can have a new life and that we can walk out of the old life and, and come into the new life with you, Lord. And so we just pray, Lord, that you would give us faith to walk in our new life and in the new world that you've given and made for us. We thank you that um, you've provided it, Lord, and all we have to do is accept Jesus to have that new life. And Lord, we just pray that as we um, walk through that, that our lives would come to you as a pleasing aroma, that you would be pleased with the lives that we have, Lord, that lives that we're living. And um, we just pray, Lord, that um, just that we will uh, walk in that, we'll be pleasing to you. And we'll follow your leading, Lord, into the ark and out the door and onto dry land as you lead us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.